Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform, a weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our hosts and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at VetsBeyondTheUniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Allie Mancia, and joining me today from Vets Beyond the Uniform, I have Dave Beadle and Bill Lober. On today's show, Dave and Bill will be talking with Juan Hernandez, United States Air Force veteran and veteran field rep. Welcome, everyone. Great to be here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, Juan, Dave Beadle here. So, um, as I understand it, you're an Air Force veteran, and we always like to start off the show when we have a veteran on the show to tell us a little bit about your military experience, but most importantly, your transition experience. What was that like? Sure. Thank you. Um, Again, thank you for having me. so, I, like you guys said, uh, I am an Air Force veteran. I was uh, in uh, for 12 years, six years active duty, six years National Guard. Um, I was uh, Security Forces, um, which is uh, military police. Um, my transition was definitely um, different. Um, I did not do what my original MOS was. Um, what I do now, which is uh, Veterans Field Threat for Congressman Scott Peters, I, I mostly handle, I'm the Veterans Liaison for the San Diego office when it comes to uh, congressional casework for veterans and also veterans issues and also represent the congressman and various community vet- uh, community meetings uh, regarding veterans uh, issues. Um, my transition was uh, different. Uh, it was, um, I did a couple of different jobs before uh, coming to work for the congressman. Um, I focused on, uh, before uh, coming to work here, it was mostly law enforcement. I did a, a total of 14 years law enforcement, 12 years with the with the uh, Air Force, and then two years with the Marine Corps as a civilian police officer. Um, after that, I um, worked with Veterans Village of San Diego, Volunteers of America, uh, housing homeless uh, veterans, and um, with those organizations, I was able to help uh, homeless veterans and veterans struggling with mental health issues um, either find a career path, get medical services, or also, um, most importantly, get housing. So I did that for a couple of years before working for the congressman. So I was able to um, have that initial experience before coming to work here, um, which kind of led into, it was a good combination of, of my passion for helping veterans and the experience that I needed to uh, make an impact. Uh, now working this job is definitely um, a lot different and the impact is a lot greater. Um, so I definitely thank uh, the Congressman for giving me that opportunity to be here. I've been here now for four years. That's great. And yeah, you, you kind of took the second end of the question there before I was even going to ask it in terms of what really drove you to, to go to work for the congressman in, in the public service like that. And it, it's, you know, it's not an uncommon story that we hear from 
for veterans once they leave the service they want to continue to serve because they have that passion I think all of us who served in an all-volunteer force have that baked into our DNA. So it sounds like it's, it's a pretty fair stretch that you know you wanted to continue to do that, and you see this as, as an opportunity to continue to serve and continue to impact the uh, the veterans that uh, are coming after you. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Bill, I will turn the questioning over to you, sir. Yeah, well, just awesome background, Juan, you had. I, I didn't know all that detail about you. Um, after you got out of the military and you did a lot of this work with uh, Veterans Village and others, what were some of the main or unique challenges that you found that veterans faced when they leave the military and go into the private sector? Are there a couple main areas that you yeah. can talk about a little bit? Yeah. So I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to learn a lot of soft skills in the Air Force, um, which, you know, I did not expect to have a a rough transition. Rough by meaning I thought that I could get employed pretty, you know, pretty easily, pretty fast. Um, it wasn't that easy. Um, the when I continued with the Marine Corps, uh, working as a civilian police officer, that wasn't right off what I got out of active duty. What happened is I ended up applying for a lot of jobs and really wasn't finding a job. I actually went. I had to go to a staffing agency uh, in Claremont, and and I went to a staffing agency and. I was lucky enough to learn the soft skills like Microsoft Word and, and uh, emails and things like that that actually helped me to get a temp job. I was lucky enough to get that temp job, excel at that temp job, and actually got hired on. I actually worked for uh, Blue Cross of California, uh, WellPoint, um, and I was able to do that, but I did not expect my transition to um, be like that. I did not expect to end up at a staffing agency. Uh, I thought the skills that I had learned uh, in the Air Force were going to drive me enough to get, you know, maybe a federal job, but it wasn't the case. So I really did um, have a struggle at the beginning, but, again, it was the things that I had learned in the military that kind of helped me uh, to, you know, propel from that struggle. Unfortunately, there's a lot of different MOSs in the military that you don't learn soft skills like that. So, you know, if you're infantry or if you, you know, specifically work with uh, with vehicles, those are things that don't transition into corporate world. So it's, it's a little bit difficult for other folks to transition as well. Um, my transition was a little rough, but I'm sure there's others that it's even worse. And those are the things that we have to kind of look at when folks are coming out of the military because there's a lot of folks that necessarily don't want to do the same job they did for years. They want to do something different. But what's the pipeline to get to that to that um, place that they want to get to, to that organization they want to get to, or to that job they also want to do. So those are the questions and those are the answers that, you know, in time that we hope we have for, for veterans, especially enlisted folks, because they're, they're, um, their network uh, is a lot different than, than officers. So I think those are things that people already know, um, that enlisted folks have a uh, closed network. It's a little bit it's definitely not as um, as inviting, for sure. Um, you you know some people, and then they might connect you somewhere. But with officers, it's a little bit bigger, and they usually it usually starts when they're you know about to get out of the military, maybe about a year or six months out. But unless of folks, it, it's it's a little bit tougher. It seems to be they're doing that once they're already out of the military, trying to build those networks by various means. Ah, so. Uh... It, it sounds what you're saying is there's a definite difference in how 
enlisted uh, experience of transition versus officers. And yes. uh, could, I'd like to pivot a little bit on what the military is doing or not doing to help all, not just enlisted, not just officers and enlisted, but all of you in getting that transition started prior to your end of service date. Seems like once you're out, that's a little late to be <laughs> thinking about uh, uh, networking and soft skills and things. Would you comment on that? Right. So it, it's definitely different. I think it's gotten better, though, that's for sure, from the time that I got out to now. Uh, there seems to be some kind of follow-up now uh, with DOD and VA that are following up with, with folks that are getting out to see how they're doing, either if they need more help with the VA, if they need more connections. When I got out, that wasn't around, Bill. And it was definitely would have been helpful uh, to have that. So it looks like DOD and VA is uh, seeing that now, that there needs to be some kind of follow-up when folks are getting out. So that's one of the big things that is happening and it's starting to get a little bit better when it comes to that. Um, just a simple outreach to, to veterans or um, out, you know, that are getting already out in the military is definitely helpful just to connect them um, with the organization or just to see how they're doing and see if their transition went well or it's not going well. Um, I think that that's a big step for DOD and it's a big step for VA. I think um, your boss, Scott Peters, was instrumental in Founding zero eight hundred is that is that correct? Which was I think yes yes really yes. really My important. Boss, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Bill. No, I said yes. He was I, very I instrumental on that from, from the beginning, and then um, also uh, our chief of staff, Barry Ann, was definitely very uh, instrumental on that. That seems to be a, a good place to start. Is before the transition happens, if you can get people. Uh, paying attention to what's going to be happening after they got out of the military, specifically since most people probably don't want to do what they did in the military. They want to do something different. Sometimes they do want to do the same thing, so that would seem to be a really good opportunity. Um, yes, yes, it is. The, um, the, uh, I want to talk about soft skills a little bit because you talked about that at length in your previous answer. Um, this, a lot of the soft skills or the skills you learn in the military I think you implied were not necessarily those that are important and valuable to the private sector. Um, you mentioned uh, spreadsheets and Excel and that kind of thing. Are there any other types of soft skills like, uh, I don't know, teamwork, leadership, uh, discipline, whatever, those kind of things that would be transferable? I, I was saying, Bill, that that when it comes to the soft skills, I was saying that different branches or different um, jobs don't necessarily um, uh, teach soft skills. I think that if, um, depending on your job, you come out with, you know, uh, more experience in soft skills, soft skills than, than other folks. Uh, it really depends on the job that you're doing. But I think, um, to your other question, Bill, I think the, the leadership and the, um, the willingness to um, get tasks completed um, is a big thing for um, hiring veterans. I think what it is is um, in our you know, as you go through becoming a, a, a service member, um, as every boot camp is, you know, you're kind of breaking the, your old person down, um, and you're coming up as a, as a new person, um, and you're probably doing things that, you know, you didn't really imagine in the military. You're leading folks, or you're doing things, or you're responsible for equipment, or you're responsible for tasks that, you know, at a young age, you don't really think it's possible. Um, but what happens is after years of doing that, I think it, it becomes part of your persona to, um, to continue to do that. 
and I think for employers, it's it's super important to, to hire these folks because, you know, it's they have a unique drive. You you have this built-in drive that you've done for years because you're doing a mission, um, and now you know you're part of a team, so you naturally know how to work as a team because you work in units, you work in uh, in groups and squadrons and organizations already uh, in the military. So it's a natural fit when you come out and, and start to work in another um, in corporate because it's you know, you, you already know how to, what questions to ask, you know, what, you know, how to be a team member, how to lead, um, ask difficult questions and, and get something done, um, whatever it's assigned to you. Hey, Juan, um, Dave here just wanted to jump in a little bit on that. So I really like what you said about when you first go into the military and that, that boot camp experience. And we liken that to what, what we're trying to do with Vets Beyond the Uniform. We talk a lot about the transformation because if you think about what happens here is the way you just described it, when you first go into the military, you're made, you're made into something completely different. And right. one of the challenges that we see is that there really isn't a, a, a like similar type of experience on the back end when you're exiting the service to help you transform back into a civilian. So a lot of the things that we see, and you've mentioned too about um, folks want to do something different. So I was one of those motor T guys um, in the Marines, and, and I've never driven a truck professionally since the day I left the Marine Corps 40 some odd years ago. So uh, I was, I was a poster boy, poster child for that. And um, two thirds of members actually end up doing something completely different than what they, what they did in the military. So having this transformation experience on the back end is something that we think is, is really, um, really important. The transition organizations do a great job. Um, They're helping folks with the skills that they need in order to get a job. But as you talk about, it's those other skills that make you successful in the corporate arena, private sector, public sector, where they want to, that may not be something that they gain from their service. So I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for, for um, those of us who are out here trying to help the veterans, the veteran experience, help them have long-term successful careers. A lot of things that we can do to help with that process. Yeah, and, and that's that's a great point. And I think the biggest thing that I've you know that I learned over the years is um, it's really trying to find the niche for that particular service member of what they want to do with their life after the military. You know, it's your opportunity, like you said, you necessarily don't want to do the same job you did in the military, but it's your it's your opportunity to do something different, something different that you're passionate about. And I think that's really something you have to ask yourself as a person: well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And necessarily, it doesn't have to be, like, one specific job. You know what I mean? It has to be something like, for me, it was like, I want to help people. And specifically, I want to help veterans. So I kind of, you know, was already already having that in my head. And then eventually, when they got the opportunities to help veterans and, and make impact, I just, you know, was lucky enough to have these opportunities like I have now with, with Scott. But I was able to kind of progress. So... I knew what I wanted to do. It's really, that's what I think ultimately what it is. It's each service member or each veteran has to ask, like, what they want to do, well, how they want to help people, and how they want to continue to serve in their own way. And I think if they're able to do that, it, it's just, you know, it's not only are you happy, but then you feel like you're, you're still of service. Because being of service in the military, like I said, it's just, it's so intense. It's so different. It's nothing really comparable to it. But now that you get out, right, there's no real transition. There's no, like, exit boot camp, right? You kind of have to figure out what you want to do and um, what you're passionate about. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Just one follow-up um, on that. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you're you're doing now specifically for Representative Peters. What is what is your job as a field rep? So um, with I was lucky enough to land in the 52nd district, which is has was what is one of the highest concentrations of veterans uh, um, for uh, a congressional district in the nation. Uh, I think it was maybe top five. So we do have a lot of veterans in that district, and it's basically 40% of our casework uh, that we get in the office. Uh, for the last four years I've been here, it's you know it's pretty high. We have a lot of folks that are either um, asking for help with you know with the compensation claims, with aid and attendance, with help with the hospital, uh, help with VA home loans. Uh, the the VA or the veterans portfolio is so um, robust. It's just there's so many different issues that you know veterans need help with, um, and obviously contacting federal agencies. Uh, it's hard for, for, for folks sometimes, and we facilitate that. We try to get them answers of specific cases that they need help with. Either that would be, you know, uh, changing their uh, DD to uh, DD form 214 to uh, something admin on there, or changing it from a general discharge to an honorable discharge. Um, so there's definitely a lot of casework that I do. Um, uh, and that's been one of the, the big things. Obviously, the other ones were, uh, you know, community rep for um, the various veterans meetings that we have in San Diego, and then also um, just being a contact for uh, veterans in general. Juan, uh, is Bill again. Uh, Dave has uh, shared some statistics with us. And I don't know the exact number, but um, once a vet leaves the military and joins a private sector company, the stats are not good in terms of um, how long they stay. I think it's more than half leave within a first year. I don't know what the exact number is, Dave. Right. You have that at your fingertips. But, yeah, 45% um, within the first year, 65% after two. Yeah. So there's something missing in terms of the passion or the mission or or something there that's not being uh, serviced by the private sector company. Um, do you have any experience with pets that you know or maybe you personally where you could uh, uh, shed some light on that a little bit? Um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's just the, um, there's several organizations that are um, are constantly learning about how a veteran, not veteran thinks specifically, but maybe how a veteran, um, what his experience was in the military, to kind of understand what the culture, you know, that employee is coming, was coming from. But I think, unfortunately, what it is is, Sometimes you're having to just get a job, and maybe it's not the first job you want to get. You're just like, I need to get employed, right? Like, I've been working all this time. I've been in the military. Like, I haven't been out of work. So you're coming into a job, and maybe necessarily is not the job. So then that's why I think that also I think it is factors into the staying for a year or two because you're like, well, I don't want to keep doing this job. I'm not happy doing it. Um, and also it could be, the fact of organizations not understanding the veteran as well, like how they work or how they, you know, what their different experiences were, um, how, you know, they need to be challenged. Maybe they also need to be, um, you know, maybe assigned tasks that um, could kind of bring out the best in them. I think it's hard. I think it's hard for organizations because it's even for people, civilians in general, to understand what, you know, what veterans have gone through. Um, and now you're just starting a new job. I, I think that has to do a lot with, with the turnover 
of, of uh, folks going into other jobs. I was at the Veterans Beer Club last night in San Diego. I met this guy who worked at, I forget the name of the company. I wouldn't share it on the radio or on the podcast anyway, but he said he he's a program manager, and he's just uh, he said he was appalled at the people he worked with that were, were kind of the millennials. He called them millennials, and he said they, they just don't have the work ethic. They expect the, the expectation is that how's the company going to make me happy or make me better or meet my needs as opposed to this gentleman that I was talking to said, no, no, you got it backwards, right? We're here to, to make the company successful and, and uh, hopefully do something we enjoy. So it was, uh, it was kind of shocking to hear him describe how, how his strengths and his skills and his discipline and things that he got from the military were really kind of out of touch in a way with the, a lot of the employee, the younger employees that he worked with. Um, did you experience anything like that in in your transition jobs? Um, not that really I can remember. The only thing I could tell you now that I do have, you know, folks that are younger that work in our office, and typically congressional staffers are a little bit younger because they start as you know after college and they go to an internship, and you know they're roughly like in their you know early or mid twenties. Um, we have uh, some pretty young folks in our office, but we have a pretty diverse age group in our office. Um, and I think it's definitely a lot different. My experience here with Scott is a lot different because um, the folks that I work with um, are just diverse in general of age and race. So we're all basically working for the common goal of, of helping helping our folks, helping our, our, our folks in our district. Um, and it's, it's contagious because then you're like, okay, you feel like you're part of, of something. Kind of like, you know, it's weird. You feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. And I think that when I came to work for Scott, I didn't realize it was going to be like that. I mean, I kind of filled in that that gap that I missed from the military of working something bigger than yourself. And I think that's what sometimes veterans search for. And it's, it's probably, um, it's probably I would say, a little disappointing you know, from the person that you talk to, when you hear things like that, you're probably like, well, you know, I was hoping that this would be the job. I was hoping this would be what I wanted to do. And then you kind of hear people talk like that, and you're like, well, this this is probably not where I want to be, you know. So I, I'm sure that yeah. it is disappointing for some people. But, yeah, um, yeah I, with my other jobs, I think um, I was lucky enough to have people that, um, especially with the, with the nonprofit, I was lucky enough to work with people that um, – are doing the job um, because they're passionate about it. Especially with nonprofits, you don't do it for the pay. You know, nonprofits generally don't pay that well. Um, you do it more because it's, you know, it's you're helping people and you're getting, you know, an internal benefit out of it. You know, you're you're changing lives, um, and most of the time, the people that work with you kind of share the same passion. Yep. Good answer. Good answer. There, um, as you know, the the veteran support organization space is very crowded. It was described to me one time as uh, vets must feel like they're drowning in a sea of goodwill. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of these organizations all lining up to to help vets. But it's hard for the vets to know which ones to trust, which ones to which ones will be valuable, et cetera. Any thoughts on how the vet support organization pieces could work together together better to make it easier for vets so they're not essentially drowning in the sea of goodwill. Any thoughts there? 
I think I think mentorships are probably a really big thing. I know this. There's you know I don't know. Uh, exactly uh, the names of them, and I'm, but I'm sure there is uh, organizations. Like you said, we, we have a lot of organizations that are trying to help veterans. But I'm sure mentorship um, organizations are probably going to be a, a real key to helping these folks because, like you said, there's so many resources. Like you don't, almost don't know where to go because there's so many. But if somebody that maybe experienced what you're experienced can align you to where to go, it would probably be super helpful. I think mentorships are helpful in general, but especially for veterans. I know that I was mentored when I when I came into work for Scott, and I'm doing that now with other folks. But I think mentorships are super important. Uh, so that way you know where to go. Like, oh, I had this experience with this organization. They helped me quick turnaround or go to this one. This is good for this. Um, yeah, because you're going to get lost in, in, in the fact that, that there's so many organizations. And I think, you know, it's, you know, for San Diego, I think it's a really nice problem to have. There's a lot of other cities that maybe are not as um, like like we are. They don't have that many organizations that help veterans. But um, I think a mentorship, somebody to guide you, could definitely help. Yeah. Speaking of getting kind of lost in the shuffle, I think military spouses is one that um, is a, is a, is a big problem for a, a spouse that's you know that needs or wants to work, maybe part time, right. maybe full time. And following mm-hmm. their spouse around when their deployments, and they have to start over. They go to a different country or a different state. Um, that's mm-hmm. I think that's one of the segments that's really kind of not been. That it's it's a it's a it's a it's a group that's very challenged in the employment side of things. Uh, any experience you you have with with that side of things, the military spouse? Yeah, I um, you know I think the federal government is doing some some more uh, steps to try to. Uh, to, they, they do recognize that now to try to remedy that, and I think it's not easy. Um, there's a lot of issues with that. Obviously, like you said, there's a lot of moving around, and obviously, you know, the service member is going to have a job. He's going to be working on base. Uh, it's the spouse that doesn't, you know, it's hard for her to find a job, or it's fine for him to find a job, uh, either on base or off base. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I do hear that. Um, we actually um, have a, a military spouse that um, works in, in our office, Jessica. Um, and she was a military spouse and, and worked on um, Capitol Hill. Um, and um, we have a, there's another uh, congressional staffer with Vargas's office that is a military spouse now. Uh, her name is Carla, and she works there. Um, and they were able to transition into those shops, but it's not always the case. Uh, it, it is definitely a struggle. I know several organizations in San Diego have talked about it. Um, it you know, it could be a lot of licenses issues like. You know, if, if maybe they came from a state that they got a license in a health profession and maybe doesn't carry over to California. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we could still do to help uh, military spouses in general to get employment. Um, it, it's definitely a big struggle. That might be an interesting future podcast, folks, on uh, yes. what uh, what yeah. uh, what legislative efforts are, are underway to help military spouses. Agreed. Agreed. Dave, did you uh, did you have anything you want to add? We're starting to wrap up here. I just wanted to make sure um, you guys got a chance to ask. I think you're on mute. Sorry, I had my my mute button pushed there, everybody. 
I think that was on purpose. Maybe they wanted to make sure I didn't uh, didn't get out of hand today as being the only Marine. No, I did not. I was not responsible for hitting your mute button, Dave. No, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> I thought, yeah, okay, good. I, I thought we'd taken that away from it, but okay. Anyway, um, so on. Uh, we wanted. We got a couple minutes left here. Is there any, any final thoughts that you want to uh, share with our audience? That, that um, in particular, maybe what you're doing. Um, you know, how folks maybe can reach out to you if they need some of the assistance that you talked about. Sure. Um, if they do, if they live in the uh, 52nd district, please reach out to the Conference of South Peters, and I can definitely provide um, that information. I can, I can also provide my email as well. Um, I will definitely leave it with you guys, and, and you can share that with your uh, uh, with your folks um, just to let them know that you know to reach out to us. Um, the other thing is, yeah, I mean, I definitely welcome to um, uh, to do these and continue to and try to help. Uh, veterans and, and transitioning, um, there's definitely a lot more that, you know, we can do. Um, and I think that just a lot of us sharing our experiences and, and sharing uh, what helped and what didn't help is definitely something that um, can work out. Um, if it, we can kind of make it, we could do some shortcuts for a lot of these veterans that are transitioning now, I think it's super helpful. It's something that I wish I would have uh, had some shortcuts, um, but I think I, I also learned a lot from it. I learned a lot from it myself. Um, I initially, I don't think I shared that in the beginning, but initially uh, I got into doing this job as well because of uh, my struggles with uh, with the VA. I actually um, uh, did a, a compensation claim three times, and I didn't seek out any like uh, services from a VSO or anything to help me. Um, eventually, I ended up getting my claim. Um, and I'm service-connected now, but um, I understand the struggles of having to do a, a competition claim and, and what that's like. I went, you know, I used the GI Bill. Uh, I also went through vocational rehab um, for uh, my bachelor's degree with the VA as well. So I've used a lot of the VA services. I understand um, that they're great, but I also understand that they're, it's hard to get into and it's hard to get those. So um, that's really helped me to understand other folks, what their frustrations are and what we can do to try to remedy those. Awesome. Thanks. Well, Melly, I'm going to turn it over to you to take us out of here. Great. Thank you so much, Juan, for being a guest on our show today. Um, all the links and contact information you mentioned will be provided in the show description. Uh, Dave and Bill, thank you again for another wonderful show. As always, please feel free to check us out at bestbeyondtheuniform.com or we can be reached via email at training at bestbeyondtheuniform.com. Thank you again for tuning in and listening, everyone, and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Juan. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me. Take Take care. care.